0: Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm Dusty Slay, I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife, co host, Hannah Hogan. Working
1: on my posture.
0: Yeah, Hannah Hogan is uh, soon to be. Hannah Slay. It may already be officially that way. We got to get some things changed, but I still may refer to her as Hannah Hogan. But on Friday, she is having her citizenship ceremony. I'll be off in Toledo, Ohio doing comedy, but she'll be, um, you know, becoming an American citizen right before our very eyes. Mm -hmm. How does that feel?
1: Well, not before your eyes, but...
0: How does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dang. <laughs> what, a, what a terrible host. All right, but how does it feel? I'm not, <laughs> answer my question. Yeah, answer my question, though. How does it feel? You know what I mean? I don't think that's a terrible host. That's keeping it on topic.
1: Well, maybe it's a good host. Yeah. Maybe it's sort of like, you know, you're not going to skirt away with all due respect, Miss Hogan. I want you to answer that question. Yeah. Um, i haven't been thinking about it honestly all
0: right okay well (laughs) all right so we probably won't ask hannah a lot of questions (laughs) sorry Uh, i
1: just had a baby i just
0: tried to include her a month ago at this point oh wow uh but i just try to include her in the conversation and keep it going but we are pumped to be back sorry that it's been so long we tried recording a podcast about two weeks ago we had our friend come over and uh you know daisy was just going to sit in the room with her and uh and then and then sam was going to sit in there but then sam started crying and 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 she didn't know what to do our friend didn't know what to do so she brought sam into the room and when she brought sam into the room where we were at daisy came in here and then daisy sat in my lap and it just was (laughs) like okay so i guess the podcast is over then, because i (laughs) I tried to keep going but i was like uh you know daisy wanted to like put her mouth up to the microphone but then when i tried to get her to talk she wouldn't say anything so we just went ahead and ended it and then we figured our circumstances are not different uh you know so we just didn't attempt it anymore now we're attempting today daisy's taking a nap sam's taking a nap my niece is here so she's kind of holding it down for us, so that we thought we'd try to go ahead and get a podcast out. Our our podcast studio is still not finished, but this Thursday, the guy is supposed to come and install the door. We had ordered a special door to be a little bit more soundproof. Home Depot sent him the wrong door, uh, and then um, so now he had to, he reordered it. So the right door is here, and it should be here on Thursday. And then this will be a complete sealed. Podcast studio, and mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything's great. I mean, H- Hannah's tired. You know, Hannah's nice to me, and she takes the she takes the night shift. You know, her and Sam take the night shift, and I, you know, and I I take care of Daisy. Uh, ever since uh, Sam has been born, Daisy will wake up uh, numerous times in the night, and then uh, someone will have to go back into the room with her and lay down. So you know, last night, this past weekend, I was in um, Orlando, Florida. I Had a great time, and on Saturday, I virtually got no sleep—maybe four hours of sleep. The alarm clock in the hotel was somehow set. I don't know how that happened, but it went off at like six a.m. I, I got to—I was going to get to sleep till seven thirty. That was how late I was going to get to sleep, but I got to sleep about you know two thirty. So I was like, all right. So I'm not going to get a lot of sleep, but then at six. The alarm clock's going off. And I'm like, how is it going off today and wasn't going off yesterday? What's happening? So then I had to figure out how to get it cut off and then try to force myself back to sleep for an hour and a half. Then I took two flights home, very tired. And so when I put Daisy to sleep, what I do is I put her in the crib and then I lay down next to the crib on the floor until she goes to sleep. And when she goes to sleep, I get up and continue about my night. But yesterday I fell asleep at about 8.30 and slept till 1.15 a.m. on the floor. That's how tired I was. And then I got up, got in the bed, and then I don't know how long, maybe an hour later, Daisy wakes up and I go and I put a, we put a full couch in Daisy's room now. Mm. So I went in there and got on that couch, slept till 9 a.m. I feel good. Hannah doesn't get those full nights of rest right now.
1: Sometimes I do, but, yeah, no, I, I feel, like, a little, like, high all the time Yeah, from lack of sleep.
0: Yeah, like a little delirious.
1: Yeah, like, it's like everything's a little fuzzy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, That's why when you said from 2.30 to 7.30, you're like, I'm not going to get a lot of sleep, and I thought, oof, that would be an amazing sleep for me if I got to sleep from 2.30 to 7.30. I wake up probably three times in that time period.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be great. I mean, but uh, it may have even been later. I want to say maybe even 3 a.m. But, um, you know, so that's that's five hours of sleep, something yep. like that, and uh, four and a half, mm-hmm. which, uh, y- y- you know, it's, it's not a lot of sleep.
1: But, hey, we're so blessed. We got two beautiful little children. We are,
0: and it's been great. Uh, I'm pumped. Um, how about, you know, let's do a little where we've been, where we're going, get it going. Okay. No need to do, like, a long catch-up. We've yeah. been gone. I appreciate the emails uh but you know it is what it is life yeah. is just what it is so it's like the stuff we've been doing all these past weeks that's what we're doing this week that's yeah. what we always do Yeah, Dusty's going to
1: have to carry this podcast because he can't ask me any questions. Yeah. That's been been
0: established. We've been picking a lot of cucumbers, Mm. uh, a lot of cucumbers, and I've been making pickles. I'll tell you the kind of pickles I've been making. I (laughs) like to go to like a Jewish deli. I mean, that's my favorite. I guess that the deli doesn't have to be Jewish, but I just feel like a Jewish deli, uh, that's just where it's at with meats. It feels like they get the meats. And I don't got to worry about them throwing some pork up in there in some way. Uh, and I love to get a, a, a pastrami sandwich. I love a hot pastrami sandwich. And today I bought some, um, but oh, let's, let's stay on the pickles. But so a lot of times these delis will have pickles that are just, there's no dill in there. There's no vinegar in there. It's just a salty Pickle and you can't find that anywhere. I can never find it anywhere. So I looked up some recipes and I've been making those pickles out of cucumber, out of cucumbers and it's not hard. You just, you know, mix some basically salt water. You find some good salt, good quality salt, not not just some old Morton's table salt. You want to find some good stuff. And then mix that in there with some garlic, you know, some celery seeds, some, there's a few other things that I found that I've been putting in there. I'll put a little, i could. I put a uh, couple of uh, cayenne peppers in some. I've not done any turmeric pickles yet. I would like to, but I've not done that yet. Um, and
1: you know, the thing is, is we have an obscene amount of salt at our house right now.
0: Yeah, we do. Don't tell people though. Okay if you know if the end of days comes i want to make sure we have salt
1: oh yeah I don't that's want, so true
0: i don't want people coming here looking for salt
1: oh yeah dang we got a dang target on our back now yeah
0: so <laughs> so <laughs> sorry we, i did that too <laughs> uh, so um Uh, So I made these pickles, and I think they taste just like the pickles that I'm always getting in these delis. So today, I went to the Publix. I was just going to buy some smoked turkey. I found uh, pastrami in there. So I bought some slices of pastrami. And then I came home, I heated them up in the pan, put a little sauerkraut on there, some Swiss cheese on some bread with a few of my pickles, but then I sliced some of the pickles into pickle spears, and it was great. Was it as good as bagelicious in Atlanta? Better. I, I would say no. I would say no. It wasn't oh. as as good. Uh, was it as good as uh, what, what? A Montreal-style bagel and, with some Jewishness in there. Me and you stopped at uh, a... Jewish deli it felt like in Milwaukee one time mm. on the way back and that was very good. They used to have one in East Nashville that was very good. Was it as good as any of these? No, it wasn't. But it was very good. I thought it was delicious. You made
1: me one before you made yourself one and uh, I ate it in bed.
0: Yeah. I've been getting into sandwiches again. Mm. I stopped get I stopped really eating sandwiches for a while, but I went been going to Publix and I'll get a little smoked turkey, a little Cajun turkey, some cheese, uh, and some mustard and then some greens you know and what i like to do is i've had people make me sandwiches before like um and they'll just put like just the meat they'll just lay the meat straight across the bread and that's that's not it's not the way to go you gotta fold the meat even though in the end it might be the same amount of meat and when you're biting it, it may be the same but it gives it some texture. It feels like it puts some air in there, you mm. know, where you're not, just, you're not just laying slabs right across the bread. I feel like that's the lazy way to make a sandwich. This is what I've been doing. I've been rolling the meat almost. So I got these little meat rolls and I lay them side by side on the bread. And then I put one slice of cheese, the, a cheese square, and then I put another slice of cheese, but I turn it so that it's made this eight-pointed star. And then then I put a little mustard and then I put the greens and then I, and if I had my own pickles, I would put some of those there, but, and then I put the bread on there and I find it to be really delicious.
1: Oh, hold on a second here. uh, Subway's on the phone. They want to see if you can be a consultant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're just doing a podcast right now. Actually, yeah, he is talking about how to fold meat on, a, on bread. I know he's got ideas, but I'm pretty sure he's going to patent it. No, you can't have our pickles. No, you can't. No, we don't have any salt. I gotta t- I'll talk to you later. Bye they're on
0: to us all right thank you for getting in that call though
1: yeah anyways we've got a couple different calls i want you to be a consultant for a sandwich making.
0: <laughs> so, so you got options well yeah i mean you know on saturday i had four sandwiches i just kept making them
1: yeah that's a lot of and then yesterday you had three hamburgers
0: yeah i did What's going on <laughs> well i you know yesterday i was traveling through the airport, and I was in Orlando in the morning, and they seemed to have a lot of stuff, but it was too early. Everything was open. I don't like breakfast at places. Breakfast at places, it's all crap. It's all powdered eggs, some type of cardboard textured bread, and uh, pork. That's all it is, and I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it, So, and then lunch is sometimes good early, but I wasn't feeling it. They had a Chinese restaurant there that looked very appealing to me, but I was like, I don't know. It's 7 a.m. I don't really want to start my day that way. You know, I hate that in the food court, in the mall, it seems like what's that, what's that uh, Chinese restaurant chain? Uh, It's Panda Express. Panda Express. It seems to have taken over everywhere. I'm like, it felt like when I was a kid going to the mall, the food court was like a Chinese restaurant owned by Chinese people that were like, this is a family business. And they felt like they were hooking it up. Panda Express, I don't know. I don't like it. No. I, I could be wrong about the whole thing. But, um, so I've been in Orlando. Uh, they Eating were, sandwiches. Yeah, they were good shows. I stayed at a bit of a resort. It was called a resort. Uh And it it was, they had a very nice pool and it felt like the club did a great job of taking care of me and putting me in a good spot. I have been to Florida before where a club has just put me in like some side of the interstate hotel where I'm like, I'm in Florida, but I could be anywhere in America. Uh, And this place had a great pool. So I sat out, laid out, they had golf. If I was at all interested in that, that would have been appealing. Um, You know, and it was nice. I liked it, but I was there only two days. At three shows. They were great. I appreciate everybody coming. It, got, it was very hot. I would take my shirt off to walk to the grocery store. Oh, man.
1: That's such a Florida move. That's something I've never even seen you do. Yeah. And I can't handle it.
0: I love it. Uh, I, I, I mean, that,
1: you just get so redneck when you get down to Florida.
0: I love taking my shirt off and walking around out there.
1: Yeah, but it's like if something happens to you in Florida where it's just like, all right, let me go get a tattoo
0: and walk down the street with my shirt off and see about some beach wear yeah i mean you're you're on point with everything but the tattoo yeah
1: but i just think like if you stayed there long long enough that's what it would happen to you
0: yeah well that could be yeah i don't know i lived on the beach for a long time in charleston i never got a tattoo so Mm. but uh, yeah i mean the beach life it does do something to people yeah and uh but they usually seem to be pretty happy
1: yeah the 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 wild thing about florida is the shows that i did down there it's like you know, you go to these kind of small towns, I guess you call them on the beach or whatever, and they're somehow mixed in with some kind of military base, but you're not sure if if it's really a military base or just a, a town full of strip clubs. And But then there's a lot of retired people too, but they're all loaded, like, I mean, on alcohol. Oh, yeah. And it's just, but it's like old people that like were partiers their whole life, but they're still partiers as old people.
0: It sounds like uh, Cocoa Beach.
1: Yeah, that's Did where you I do was. Cocoa Beach. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was. Yeah. And it's just sort of, it's just, it just feels like where the old people go to party and get real leathery and, uh, and seedy and shady. And it's the whole thing feels very uh, lascivious.
0: Cocoa Beach, uh, you did Gregory Steakhouse. Yeah. That was where the comedy club was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I did that, they had a, the hotel was right on the beach. I could walk right out of my hotel, right down to the beach. And that was the best thing about it. Because other than that, I was opening for a magician uh, who was a bitter, bitter magician. Uh, And he probably would have been okay, except for he made me not like him, just sitting, talking to him. Mm. Uh, But the shows were so lightly attended that... One night like Gregory Steakhouse was below and then the comedy club was on top and they had a party of like 20 coming up to the comedy club, but they were still eating at the restaurant and because there were so few people in the showroom, we held the show for that table to finish eating and come up and if you have that, if you feel like you have that kind of power as that table, you're not going to be a good audience and they were not. Uh, but the beach was great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was really great. Yeah. So Orlando were nice audiences. I'd not been to Orlando in a long time. My first time I went there was probably 2015. I opened for Josh Sneed there, a comic out of Cincinnati. Very funny. And then I went back in 2016, I believe, and opened for John Reap, my friend. And, um... I remember a comic named preacher lawson who has become pretty famous now uh through um
1: america's got talent
0: america's got talent but he did a guest spot on one of those shows i had never met him before and i he had me dying i was like wow and this was he was doing this show and then he was moving to la Mm -hmm. and then he moved to la and shortly after got on america's got talent and really blew up
1: yeah yeah we see so many stars just shoot on up
0: yeah so it was great i had a great time my friend chris buck from jacksonville came up and uh opened for me and it was very fun we just had a good weekend and uh, i liked it yeah and then it this must week- be
1: nice to get away from the family a little bit like not nice to get away from the family but it's pretty it's pretty baby oriented around here
0: yeah i mean that's the thing and you got a tired wife it's just that I wanna be doing shows. It's not that I wanna get away from the family, it's that I wanna be doing shows. But there is something about, like on Saturday, right? I had two shows that night, and I just was out walking around. I walked to the grocery store with my shirt off, and I just had this thought occurred to me. It's just like, on a day I'm doing a show, what I really try to do is not talk to anyone. Because I just feel like, all right, in a matter of time, I'm going to be up on stage doing two shows. I'm going to be doing an hour each show, two hours of nonstop talking, plus talk in the green room. And I just, prior to the show, I just really try to not talk. And that's why it's hard to like do things before. Sometimes people will invite me out to eat lunch and sometimes I will get lunch. But it's hard because I'm like, really what I want to be doing is not talking.
1: Yeah. I heard Joey Diaz say something like that on his podcast back in the day when I was listening to it a lot. And he just said, you know, you got to save your energy. You know, the host and the feature may want to hang out during the day, but they're not doing any time to really at night. Right. You're the one up there doing an hour plus two shows at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So it's hard to hang during the day. Some guys, especially these guys that are golfing, Mm. they'll go golfing all day and then do a show. And I'm like, how do you do that? I mean, it just seems like golfing is would be exhausting.
1: I bet there's more stand-ups who are partiers who then get dry and sober up only because they see in real time how much it affects their performances on stage to like drink the night before and then have to do two more shows the next night. You know, I just think like it's stand-up requires so much focus. It's all on you. At least if you're in a band and you party, you got a whole band that's around you. You can do a lot of like you know, busyness on stage to kind of make up for whatever. But with stand-up, it's like, you gotta be sober to do that, basically.
0: Yeah, for me, um, alcohol the next day would affect my, I don't know what it is, serotonin levels, uh, whatever it is, dopamine, it would affect me so much. Sometimes I would be very sad the next day for no reason. Other than I was, you know, I just drank too much alcohol. Yeah. And so it would be very hard to be in that kind of sad mindset, but then go do comedy. Mm-hmm. And I did it, but not to a our professional level. I remember hosting trivia. I remember one time I was so hungover that I just couldn't imagine how I was going to go and host trivia that night. And then I did. But what I did was I just start drinking again, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an unhealthy cycle, but I just feel like so many comics all suddenly hear, oh, they're sober now. Yeah. You know, people that used to, I feel like Bill Burr used to make fun of sober comics, and then I heard he got sober, you know?
0: Yeah, anybody making fun of sobriety, it just doesn't get it. I mean, I remember when I used to drink, it would always be weird to me when I would find out someone didn't drink. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, oh, I don't drink. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What a weirdo. Yeah. You know? But now that I don't drink and, and used to drink, and then like Chris Buck, for instance, uh, says he never drank. He never. I don't, know, I don't know if that means he's never had a beer, but he just said, I never really drank. I've met a couple people like that who truly have never really drank, and that is a little weird to me
1: to have no experience getting drunk you you don't even have any kind of curiosity about that you yeah. never had any kind of young phase
0: it is a little weird but i just feel like they probably had good parents <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. that they, they just and they then and, and they just weren't a lot, around a lot of drinking
1: yeah or maybe they they had parents that were drinking and they're like no sir
0: could be yeah cuz i just you know i felt like the people around me growing up were drinking but i never really saw any dark side to it so it all looked fun everybody drinking around me i was always like oh yeah this seems great
1: yeah you well know. and there is a big part of drinking that is just great yeah you know i'd say what 50 75% of it
0: maybe 95 yeah <laughs> no, i don't yeah. know <laughs> i don't know no i don't know i mean it, it overall i think it's bad and i think if more people would quit i think they would just be better it it just would be a better society we were just talking to our neighbors yesterday and they all drink and they're you know they're all fun and we like hanging out with them but as they as we were going around like they were just talking they go have you guys tried the new white claw extreme and then it was just like so many different kinds of drinks they were asking people had they tried and i was just like you know it just seems funny to me that it's like you, you're not just having a glass of wine. you're not just having a beer. It's always like one guy was telling me that they used to do this challenge where they would they would drink half of a, a 40 ounce and then they would pour in a white claw or something like that and then drink the rest of it and then mm-hmm. drink that. And I'm just like, I would do stuff like that. power hour where you take a shot of beer every minute for an hour. Um, you know, Jaeger bombs beer pong all very fun stuff
1: being hungover is just so uncomfortable though to dr- be drinking like that and then just putting yourself through that for years
0: yeah can you imagine uh your lifestyle right now uh plus you're drinking i mean can you imagine like passing out at night and then the baby waking you up an hour later <laughs> <laughs> i mean
1: i can imagine it because i could do something like that I could be crazy like that and just be like, I'm I'm about to do drugs and drink again. Like I could just, that could just happen to me. You know oh, what I mean? Okay.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up.
1: <laughs> you yeah. brought it up. Well, I'd, no,
0: I'd like to be aware of that. I'd like to know that that is something. <laughs> well, we've talked can... about
1: this with my weed. Like actually alcohol's not really the thing, but, but if I did it again, I feel like I could slip into some kind of weird, like waking up. Breastfeeding, smoking a J, sort of situation, and that's not where I want to go.
0: Yeah, no, that's and not that's where not where,
1: where I'll go. No,
0: and that's but not where where it, I want to be. You said I could though.
1: I could because anybody could. I mean, it's like I don't think anyone's immune to dark passages of their life or some kind of bondage. Right now, my bondage is the New Yorker.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I'm> re-
1: <laughs> um, I have a subscription to the New Yorker, and I'm reading a lot of articles.
0: A lot of articles about climate change.
1: Yeah, a lot of articles about climate change and, you know, socioeconomic injustice, but then also some really fun think pieces.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's been a real blast. Yeah,
1: but, you know, we all have our struggles. Yeah. And uh, so.
0: But that's what I did last week. And now this week I'm going to Toledo, Ohio, back to the Toledo Funny Bone. I've been going there every year for a long time. Uh, I like going there. It's fun. Uh, And my friend Derek Humphrey will be with me. And Derek uh, was my friend from Charleston, now lives in New York City, but grew up in Toledo. So he's going to be trying to get his old family and friends out to come out and see him. And that's very exciting.
1: Yeah, Toledo, Ohio, I mean, it's not Florida.
0: Now, Ohio's great. Toledo is struggling a bit, I think. Uh, I'll actually be in Perrysburg, which I don't know much about. I'll be in kind of one of those like shopping center areas where the hotel's in the shopping center, the club's right across the street. So it's like, there's no, I'm not really experiencing Toledo or Perrysburg. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know. You're in a mall. I'm in a mall. Yeah. Uh, a strip mall. Not, not like an old strip mall. Like, a, it's a nice shopping center. Yeah. Um you know but every one of these funny bones and improvs they're almost always in that kind of setting like mm-hmm. 2 weeks ago when I first went back out on the road I did the albany funny bone in albany new york and it is straight up in a mall uh but those were great shows uh orlando and albany i had a lot of fun in albany i honestly i was not expecting to because in the past i had not had great sales there and i wouldn't say they were great sales this last time, but the shows were really fun. Uh, it really exceeded my expectations. I had no expectations for Orlando. I'd never headlined there, and they were good. I had a great time. A lot of people that uh, would see me in Tampa came up to see me from Tampa. Uh, so I appreciated that. Oh, also, uh, some people from Campus Life Orlando came to the show, which I thought was very nice, you know, because I was. In high school, I got involved with Campus Life, which was a Christian kind of youth organization, and I thought it was a big help to me. You know, I still, you know, uh, I I worked my way up to being some sort of a leader in Campus Life, and then I started having a lot of parties, and I got demoted, Uh, and and then I kind of faded. Well, he was just like, the, the guy that ran it was very nice to me, and he was just like, I can't have you being a leader of the Campus Life and throwing very public parties you know and i'm like all right that's fair he's like i didn't get kicked out of the organization but he's like you can't be a a youth that wasn't some kind of wake
1: up call for you no no you're like i'm gonna continue to party and just take this lower rank at campus life
0: yeah because the reality for me was i had always been like a good kid and it wasn't until i was like 16 that I started to really get up to some stuff. And for me, I was like, this is fun. I'm into this, you know yeah. what I mean? So I I chose that path. Now I wasn't, I don't think I was a bad person, but I definitely was uh, taking you know, a different path here. And I was having a lot of fun with it.
1: I think the thing is with you drinking, you didn't have any stigma attached to drinking being bad. Like you didn't feel guilty about it. You just thought this is a fun way to live.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because people around me were drinking. I mean, and 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 it's like I grew up with people that considered themselves Christians, you know, they were having a beer or two. Yeah. And that's why I get into talking about the Bible the way I do now and talking about law stuff is because that was part of the reason that I uh could justify drinking cuz I was like cuz I would read the Old Testament back in the day and i would go good thing i don't have to follow this stuff (laughs) you know and it's like so you just like when when it's all like grace 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 you're like you know you kind of like you're like you know you're kind of like well i can do whatever i want because uh you know i'm i'm forgiven you know and so that that can be that way so um but uh yeah, so I, I but that so you it. felt
1: like you could party because it was like you were you were covered in the blood and you were already a Christian and it was yeah, just like
0: Yeah. And I didn't think it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I can just do bad things and then say and ask for forgiveness and be fine. I didn't think of it like that. Uh but I did think, well, it's not a big deal. I would justify it in in ways. Well, probably, Jesus drank.
1: Probably know. for a long time it wasn't a big deal. And then you start to get into your late 20s and you know, you getting rashes on your head and you yeah, you're sweaty and you're
0: bloated. Well, that that ultimately is what led me to quit. It's just overall, I just was looking bad and feeling bad. Uh, but I know wow. I was waste, getting wasted right out of the gate. You know, yeah. I wasn't like having a beer with my buddies. Yeah, we were like getting a 21 year old person to buy us a bottle of hard liquor of some sort, usually some kind of Everclear situation, and and then you're just doing shots until we were all laughing and then throwing up and breaking something i'm
1: pretty sure that's like the number one trademark of an alcoholic where you can't just have one where if you're gonna have one you're gonna get drunk
0: yeah i mean the the um i had a joke about it that i used to do but that's what they say in aa is one beer i think they say one beer is too many and ten thousand is never enough
1: Mm. yeah that's dark
0: it is dark but that's their that's their thing and it's true though um so I'll be in Toledo. Uh, Toledo's where I made a cooking video one time where I um, took my Instapot <laughs> on the road with me. Uh-huh. I probably won't be doing that again this time, but the grocery store is a bit of a walk from there. I'll tell you that. So well,
1: you better get on Google Maps and search you out some good old deli meats. Yeah, and maybe you can make a little video on how to make a sandwich.
0: Maybe I, you know, I almost did that this weekend because um i do think there's an art to making a sandwich that people really miss out on when people are just slapping meat and bread together i'm like what are you doing roll that meat (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean roll
1: it roll it loose though
0: yeah yeah you don't want a tight uh roll but yeah you want to you know sometimes you just kind of fold it over one time like i like to Um, there's Applegate makes deli meat that is, uh, organic and, um, no nitrates. I don't know if the meat I've been getting lately has nitrates in it or not. Um, but, um, you, you know, you can just take and fold it over one time and then lay those over and that makes a good sandwich. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, there's a, there's a real, there's a finesse to it. There is. There's a touch. And there is with everything. If you're just slapping things together out here, you're missing out on stuff. You know, there's an art to everything. Just taking your time, going slow, appreciate what you're doing. Everything is better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like cutting the grass, right? You can look at cutting the grass as, oh, I got to get out there and cut the grass. Or you can be like, you know, this is a nice relaxing time where i get a little sun on my skin see that's one thing they demonize the sun now so anybody who feels like they're getting uh sun on their skin they're like i'm getting cancer and it's like just you know the the this guy i knew he he had this method for getting tan he said 30 minutes a day he said i go outside i lay by the pool 30 minutes on the front 30 minutes on the back, that's it. He said, if you overdo it, then you burn. Now, if you're real pale, uh, it may maybe don't go for 30 minutes right away, but you just slowly get the tan and then you can handle the sun.
1: Well, we are not dermatologists. We have to say that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think so. For well, it's just kind. Of, it's
1: kind of like medical advice.
0: I'm just talking about how to get a tan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: I thought you were saying this is the way to not get skin cancer.
0: No, no, I don't. But it's like my dad, for instance, always. Uh, he always cuts hay on on a tractor, and he would wear an overall overalls with no shirt. Mm-hmm. My dad would truly have the farmer's tan. He would take off his overalls, and he would have. Uh, a, he would be white where the overalls used to be and then he would be very tanned on his arms and neck and face and you know my dad had bladder cancer but never any problems with his skin you know he's had all kinds of different problems but never with his skin and i just think i think the sun since the beginning of time has been here with us and we've been walking underneath it and all of a sudden Nowadays, we're like afraid of the sun. So I think if you're like, yeah, I'm going to get out there in the sun. I'm going to breathe some fresh air. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some sun on my skin. And I'm going to enjoy uh, looking at my fresh cut lawn here in a little bit. I think it makes it easier.
1: Is there something that you do that you think you rush through that you think could stand for you to take a little bit more time with?
0: Oh, here comes Daisy. Okay,
1: I'm going to go get the little girl.
0: Okay, lots of things. Lots of things are like that. Uh, Every time I build something, I feel like I could have taken my time a little bit more with it. I could have, you know, taken a time to measure one more time and, um, you know... Maybe really plot out what it is that I want to do instead of just being like, I'm about to slap this together because that is how I'm building things right now. I just kind of slap it together. Now, it usually comes together because I might sit inside and think about it for a while and go, what am I going to do? How am I going to go about doing this? And then when I finally get out there, I, I, I can bring it together pretty well but I just don't have a lot of patience for measuring and cut and cutting. I'm just like, I measure once, cut. They always say measure twice, cut once or something like that. But I measure one time and I'll cut four or five times and it takes a long time and not the efficient way to do it, but uh, it's the only way I know. That's the only way I know. And plus, it's like, how are you going to get do real construction projects when you got, um, you know, a, a family and you got kids crying and you got, you know, kids wanting to know what's going on? You can't be just taking a lot of time to do multiple measurings. Um, so you know one day our pot will get a podcast rhythm established again but i don't know how we're gonna we just
1: had a lot happen all at once we had the baby and then three days after the sam came home daisy learned how to climb out of her crib so you know now she's just a loose toddler so she doesn't want to stay in her crib and she wants us to be there in with her and she wakes up a lot and it's just so we're just kind of juggling children but we're yeah. giving her chocolate right now. So,
0: okay. All right. Yeah. So she's just going to have a little bit of chocolate. All right. Yeah. I took her to the Publix today, and I had a, the Publix was giving out one free fruit item for the kids. So she had an orange, and then they gave her two free cookies and some stickers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I know they do the free cookie.
1: I didn't know about the oranges and the two cookies. That seems like they just thought she was cute or something. I think the guy
0: just hooked it up. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, I did say though that something that I do rush through is building projects.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I wanted to know the answer to that.
0: Well, I already answered it, uh-huh. so I feel like I'll just be, but I, I rush I'll listen through to the podcast. Yeah, I rush through building things.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, but but it's also like it's hard to just really take your time with it when you're like you're at home and it's like. And I, you know, it's like I work the road, right? So when I'm at home, I need to be home spending time with my family. I can't go lock myself in the garage and just take time to sand a piece down and, you know, and cut it exactly right. I'm trying to build a garden bed to grow some fruit, to grow some vegetables. Mm -hmm. And the garden is top notch right now. We got a lot of tomatoes coming. I can't say that the copper's doing it, but.
1: We didn't have copper any years before, and we've not had the garden we've got today.
0: The garden's blowing up. We got tomatoes popping up everywhere. I got grapes coming, strawberries, cucumbers, beans. We're making pickles. Peppers. Uh,
1: Cilantro, lavender, thyme, grapes, strawberries, basil, basil, if you're Australian.
0: Uh, Lettuce, kale.
1: Oh yeah, big We've, time. We
0: cut down stalks of lettuce and just eat, make a fresh salad. We're
1: freezing it. We're giving it away.
0: Garlic. We harvested garlic like <sighs> we're like garlic it. farmers. We don't
1: know what to do with it.
0: We took a bunch of garlic, put it in a jar, poured honey over the top of it. They say, when I say they, I mean the internet says that you let that sit for a while and then if you get sick, take a spoonful of that honey and eat it and it'll knock it out. And we got some hot peppers hot peppers we got yeah we got habaneros coming i got uh i got uh, cayenne peppers already grew Uh some green peppers coming some yellow peppers coming uh ha- jalapenos i mean
1: and it's so flush and lush and green yeah you just kind of walk outside and
0: wildflowers everywhere uh, in the, backyard. the
1: wildflowers are the real crown jewel of this garden this summer We got a lot going on in our backyard. It's turned very wholesome and familial because we've got kids climbing gear and we've got a little sink and then we've got a picnic table with pots on it. And then we've got garden beds in the middle.
0: My sister built an outdoor sink space for Daisy to play with. A play sink. Yeah. Like it's a real sink. You could hook it to water. Yeah. But it is a a play sink for Daisy to play with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. We've yeah. really been
0: getting into it. We just
1: got a lot of stuff, like all around, you know. Yeah. So it's good that we've got that fence to just kind of shield that and. Yes. You know, not let not not let our mess just kind of.
0: I think the groundhogs are back. Mm-hmm. I might have saw a groundhog out there today.
1: Well, the moles come around the end of August.
0: Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, things have been good. I'm back on the road. I'm back on the road, big time. I'm going on. I'm going to Toledo this weekend. Then I'm going to um, Austin, Texas. I'm doing a theater show in Austin, Texas. I'm doing the Paramount. So if you live there, please come out to the show. Then I'm going to Kansas City. Then I'm going to Miami. Then I'm going to Portland, Maine. I've never been to Maine. If you're if you're if you live in Dayton, Ohio, and you listen to this podcast. I'm very sorry my dates in Dayton, Ohio on the 25th and 26th got moved to January. I'm sorry about that um, I've off I was offered this gig in Maine and I have been trying to go to Maine for uh, about 11 years and I've not been able to get there When I quit drinking, I had this idea that I wanted to take a train. I didn't even know if this train existed, but I wanted to take a train from Charleston, South Carolina, all the way up to Maine. And I never did it. And I've been trying to get to Maine since then. And I was finally, I've been asking my agent about going to Maine. I've been trying to get to Maine. And I finally was offered, and my agent is great. Almost any time I go, hey, I'd like to go to this place. Next thing you know, I'm going to that place. But for some reason, Maine was not happening and I finally got offered this gig in Maine, and I did not want to cancel Dayton because I love coming there, but I did want to go to Maine, so we just had that date moved, so I'm sorry about that, but it's going to be great, and then it keeps going. I mean, throughout the year, I'm going to Tacoma, Washington, Spokane, Washington, Appleton, Wisconsin, Syracuse, New York, Columbus, Ohio, Des Moines, Iowa. I mean, I'm going all over the place. It's ramping up. Yeah, and the special is coming along great. I don't know what platform it'll be coming out on, but hopefully sometime September. I'm hoping September is when it comes out. Uh, Hopefully, you know, obviously... Everybody wants to get the writers and actors strike resolved so that people can get movies and people can get back to work. But I kind of hope the special comes out before it's over. Just but or, or, or maybe it's not over, but they're not back to writing anything yet. Just so it could be like, all right, there's nothing to watch. New special. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because if they Hollywood doesn't ramp it up, we're either just going to finish YouTube or start watching foreign films. Yeah foreign foreign
0: stuff oh which reminds me i wanted to talk about some movies i watched this weekend on the plane to orlando i watched the movie creed 3 and before uh well i'll go ahead and say i loved it i thought creed 3 was amazing and uh i did not like creed 1 and i thought creed 2 was okay I'd like to, I've done this before, but I think it's been a long time. I'd like to run through the entire Rocky series and share my feelings about them. Okay? Okay. Rocky 1, one of the best movies of all time. Agree or disagree?
1: Yeah, agree
0: one of the best movies of all time it is so good it's not it, it is a boxing movie but it's really a movie about triumph, about heart, about, I mean, and it just feels good. I like the soundtrack. The soundtrack is very simple. The movie moves slow. I realize it moves slow because I tried to show my nephew, Rocky, one time, and he fell asleep. He had never seen it, and he fell asleep, and he couldn't appreciate it, and I was so disappointed because I'm like, this is such an incredible movie, and you can learn something from Rocky. Rocky too. Pretty good sequel, I think. You know, it's like yeah. pretty good sequel. You're coming off Rocky 1. At the end of that, he's like, ain't going to be no rematch. I don't want one. There ain't going to be one. I don't want one. But the, 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 uh, the pressure gets to Apollo Creed, the champion, because he was very close to losing that fight to where everybody was saying, you got to give Rocky a rematch. So he had to go, all right, I'm going to do it. And then the rematch, and then Rocky wins rocky three is my second favorite of the series oh very good uh mr t is in it as um uh, clubber lang best boxing villain of all time uh also hulk hogan is in that movie he he wrestles uh rocky for a uh for a charity event Um, But a lot goes on in that. It feels like in Rocky 1, he's clearly the amateur boxer that doesn't know what he's doing. Rocky 2, he's like, all right, you got better. You're better. You beat the champ. But you're still not really a boxer. You're just kind of a brawler. And then in Rocky 3, he gets beat by Clubber Lang early in the movie. I'm just going to, these movies are old. He gets beat by Clubber Lang in middle of the movie. And then his trainer, Mick, who's been his trainer for one and two. In one, him and Mick have a very emotional moment that he, that I love. And and at the end of, in the middle of Rocky three, Mick dies during that match, or right before the match. Mick dies right before the match. Rocky has to go out and fight Clubber Lang without his trainer and get, he's so psyched out that he gets beat and then... He wants to, you know, he wants to beat Clubber Lang. So what does he do? He finds his old buddy, Apollo Creed, and him and his trainer teach Rocky how to become a boxer. So it's like... So it just gets fun. Yeah. So Rocky now learns to box before he's just a he's just a brawler that can punch and can take a punch but now he learns footwork he learns it's like you know Italian guy goes to the black gym and learns to box.
1: He's refined.
0: yes and it is incredible. Rocky 4 I mean one of the most iconic of all time he fights the Russian yeah beats the Russian. Uh, it's so, I mean, he goes to Russia to train in the snow and it's like, uh, it's just, it's such a big, huge movie. Uh, you know, probably a lot of propaganda. Yeah. Uh, you when know. Was in the
1: middle of the Cold War.
0: Yeah. Probably just total propaganda, but was a great movie. Ivan Drago, such a great bad guy. Dolph Lundgren, one of my favorites. Dolph Lundgren was one of my favorites. You know, he played several of my favorite characters he was in the movie masters of the universe i was a big fan of the cartoon as a kid and he played he-man in masters of the universe the movie have you seen that no i own it we'll watch it sometime okay he also played punisher in the first punisher movie and he played Avin Drago. he played uh in universal soldier with D- Jean claude van damme i mean the guy was nailing it mm-hmm then we hit five, Rocky five, mm. Rocky five opens with Rocky sitting in the locker room after fighting the Russian. And he appears to have some sort of brain damage. And then he goes to the ho- the doctor, the doctor's like, yeah, you got some sort of brain damage. If you box again, you could, um, you could, you could die. Yeah. And then Paulie, his brother-in-law has somehow lost all of his money through bad investments and then no one wants to give Rocky any commercial deals because they found out he used to be a, a loan shark for a mafia guy so he's just kind of broke now he's broke he can't box and I just feel like Rocky 5 ruins Rocky 4 and then it's just it's just bad altogether you start to see him abandon his son
1: is that when he had like robots and stuff around his house because he was rich?
0: I want to say that was Rocky three or four. Okay, because five he's poor again. Okay, five he's poor, and he and his son just wants to hang out with him so bad, and all he's doing is spending his time with Tommy Gunn, who Tommy Gunn in the end turns on him, and they have a street fight and that's the big fight of that movie is a street fight with Tommy Gunn and Rocky. I
1: see Sylvester Stallone's and the writers and producers instinct to like get Rocky down to the bottom again cuz that's yeah. where Rocky needs to be. He needs to be the underdog. But, you know, movie 5, it's, you know, you're pushing it.
0: But then you hit a movie called Balboa, which to me is Rocky 6. And, you know, they do this thing, this computer generated thing where they show the current champion uh, if he were to fight Rocky in his prime, would he be able to beat Rocky? And I think everybody was saying that Rocky would beat the champion. So that really got the champ fired up and he starts kind of, and I I may not be remembering this well exactly, but it feels like he's kind of calling out Rocky and Rocky's like, got nothing going on. Rocky's like, now he owns a restaurant, I guess. So it's not nothing, But to be the champion and probably a millionaire to just owning a local restaurant feels like nothing. And his wife has died. Adrian has died. And his son barely speaks to him. So he's got nothing. And his son is basically trying to talk him out of it, saying, don't fight uh, or, you know, know, you're just embarrassing yourself. But Rocky's got nothing. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to do the fight. So he's retired, he's old, and he decides to go and fight the champ. And Balboa is a lot like the first Rocky in that he just wants to prove himself. He's not necessarily trying to win, he just wants to prove himself. And he ends up losing, but he goes the whole fight.
1: Well, that is the first Rocky.
0: Yeah. But, you know, all the, yeah. But the end result is the same. Yeah. And then you hit Creed, which is Rocky 7. Which creed is Apollo's son, right? Uh, yeah, Adonis Creed is Apollo Creed's illegitimate son. He had with another woman, not not the the wife's son. So she finds out he's in a boys' home, goes and uh, adopts him, gets him out of there. So he's he's got a lot of troubles. He's mad. He's angry. He doesn't know who he is. But now he's been raised up in this rich with this rich family. Because Apollo Creed did not lose all his money. He did not have a Paulie in the family. And so he wants to fight. And, and, and the thing that, that made it, really took me out of it, was like, he's just angry. And Rocky, Rocky was poor. Rocky had nothing. And Rocky was just desperate to have something. The Creed movie, uh, I don't know what he's really fighting for. And that's why I didn't like it uh creed 2 i won't give away because it's still fairly new it's a few years old four or five years old um i thought it was pretty good but there was some now you know what i'll go ahead and talk about it there was some stuff i didn't like he he fights ivan drago's son in this movie and I felt like, in this movie, I felt like Ivan Drago and his son were the underdogs. They'd been outcasted from Russia. they have been shamed and shunned and thrown aside. And they're the poor outcast. And Adonis Creed is the champion. He's the champion, and he is, um, you know, got tons of money. The, I guess, but... You know, Adonis, uh, uh, the Russian Ivan Drago killed Apollo Creed. I forgot to mention that in four. It doesn't matter. Everybody's seen these movies. Nobody even cares about what I'm doing right now, I bet. But... uh, I know I'm on the
1: edge of my seat.
0: But, uh, (laughs) uh, so, um, you know, so that's the main plot. is like getting revenge for your father, essentially. But I don't know. I just... This, I just like the underdog to win. and I did not feel like Adonis was the underdog. Yeah. Now you get to Creed three. And then you get that element back. Something goes down and he's kind of the underdog again. And it's very exciting. This new movie's pretty new, so I'm not going to ruin it. But if you like boxing movies, you're going to love this. I I think it's a great movie. I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of boxing movies. Mm. So
1: yeah, the underdog archetype is really powerful. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, sometimes you got to get shot down.
0: Well, you gotta I, stay
1: down and you gotta claw your way back up and maybe you won't even get all the way back up but what you learn and when you're clawing
0: well that's what i like about my own uh rise in comedy is that you know it it is not taking me so long like i know people that you know 20 25 like like, like let's take leanne morgan for instance i mean leanne morgan was doing comedy forever And then suddenly, boom, a video breaks for her and she's like selling out theaters everywhere, you know. Um, It's not taken me uh, as long to get where I'm at as it has some people, but it has been slow incremental moments where I'm, I'm getting little successes all along the way to build to where I am now, which I like because I think sudden rises sometimes really affect people and they don't know how to handle it you know like i was talking to some people about the coach at lsu the old coach um i forget his name real cajun guy talked real cajun but anyway he came in and like won a national championship in his first or second year i want to say his first year he had a great quarterback and he won right away and then after the national championship they kind of ask him what was he going to do are you going to go party are you going to go and he goes oh no we don't we don't i don't get down like that you know he's like i just we're going to go have some 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 you know crawfish sandwiches or something real cajun a and we are just going to take it back to the house and i thought wow that's really great you know that's a classy guy and then the next year he signs this huge contract makes millions of dollars gets divorced you hear he's Ugh. You hear he's like sleeping around with people. He's got some woman he's dating and she's bringing her kids to football practice and they're running around on the field and and he's drinking all the time. And it's like, he was gone that year. I mean, it's like, he was gone and he- He got fired? Yeah, his record fell. I mean, I don't think anybody would have cared if he'd have kept winning, but he wasn't winning anymore either. So it's like, Wow. Yeah. So he got fired like right away. And it's like, I just feel like sometimes, and this happens to athletes all the time, where it's like, you got nothing, and then suddenly you have everything and you don't know how to handle yourself. So yeah. that's why I like slow slow moments. like Because it's like, when I wanted to be famous- uh, uh, it would have been so bad for me to be famous uh, because I would not have known what to do. But now I don't want to be famous. I just, I like getting recognized here and there at the airport. I mean, that stuff's fun out in public. People go, hey, we're having a good time. I mean, that stuff's fun to me. But I, I like moderate fame. Uh, I just want to be, you know, continue to be successful and work as a comic. That's all I want. Yeah, you know? do
1: you think that there's like... Uh, a way to be humble if you don't know even know how to do it like how to catch yourself or is it like maybe the people you're around you know man i i I think the number one thing that guy did wrong was just divorce his wife these people these people get big and and then they just abandon their family and let's just say this though
0: i don't know that he divorced his wife his wife could have very well divorced him right but i know they got divorced
1: yeah okay okay that's fair yeah Oh, man. I just think, yeah, it's, it's got to have so much to do with who you have around you or if you have anyone around you.
0: Well, for sure. I think a lot of these athletes, you know, they they are and musicians too, right? They sign these big contracts and then everybody in their family around them is either, either trying to give them good advice but doesn't know what they're talking about or is just trying to get that money, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, and, and, and it just, it drags people down. And, and I think too, if people are telling you over and over again, Oh, you're great. or Oh, you're a genius or, Oh, you're so Mm -hmm. funny or, Oh, you're the best that you start to believe it. And you Mm -hmm. start to go, Oh, I am the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am a genius Mm -hmm. that, you know, then I, I think
1: that's the folly of youth too. I think if you, if you get real rich and big and you're, young, young years, like in your twenties, you're probably a little bit more susceptible to making those mistakes.
0: Yeah. The nice thing for me was to kind of grow up relatively poor. And, um, and then in my twenties have a nine to five job where I, where I actually understood what it was like to get up every morning, go to work, work all day, have a boss that you don't like, uh, sweat it out, Uh, And I made a pretty decent living. I wasn't, you know, just getting by. I made a pretty decent living, but I understood what that was all about. And I I got to understand some money principles so that when I was able to make a little more money, it was, uh, I didn't, it didn't go to my head, you know,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. at least I I think that.
1: I don't think so. I don't think you're too arrogant. You're not divorced me yet. And we have a. I always have said I'll make a great (sighs) ex-wife. I've always said that and I've always believed it. And I've told you that too. Go ahead, divorce me. I'll be the best ex-wife you could ever ask for.
0: All right. Uh, And, (laughs) uh, but, um, but you know, it's, um, it's good. We have a nice family and, uh, we feel good. We're very blessed. I appreciate all the emails, people reaching out. There were a couple of emails that I, that I thought would be fun to read, but let's see. Uh let's see what we got here what do you got what do you got you can tell us here hannah
1: well i was going to say you've also been visiting the chiropractor
0: oh i have been let me read this email i just purchased this has been a, a while back and i apologize to this person i've already made my apology about this in the uh podcast anyway but i just purchased two tickets for your show at the Dayton funny bone at the end of august So, sorry about that. I'm excited to see you after following you and the guys uh, at NateLand for a while. I'm a regular listener of both NateLand and your podcast with Hannah. I was hoping you could maybe elaborate on what the two-item minimum was. I printed off the ticket receipt and it said, there is a two-item minimum per person in our showroom. Food and drinks... Food, drinks, and funny bone merchandise all count towards the two item minimum. Items purchased at the bar do not. I was hoping maybe you could read this and answer on your podcast so that it might help other people who purchase tickets to your show if the Two-item minimum also applies to them. My partner and I were going to grab dinner before the show nearby, but when we saw the two-item minimum, we were wondering if it would be cheaper to get dinner at the comedy club since it would be there already and have to purchase stuff anyway. Does this mean two items per person or just two between the both of us? All right, so thank you for this question and uh, uh, this email. And uh, why do you look so confused, Hannah?
1: Cause I don't know the answer to that. And how do you, that's, that seems like that's a question for the, for the the venue.
0: No, um, uh, this is, this is, yeah,
1: I am perplexed.
0: Okay. Well, a two item minimum is simply in the showroom. When you sit down at your table, you're required to buy two things per person. So if you, you come into the showroom and you either buy, uh, two drinks, or you buy food and a drink and that drink can be a coke it can be a bottled water in most cases or alcohol so usually what people do if they drink they just come and they have a couple of drinks each person has two drinks and then there you go when i went to the comedy cellar in new york city uh there was a two item minimum so i had to get myself i just bought two waters um two bottled waters and the bottled water will be more expensive but Uh, The thing about it is, is like when you're in a club, the way the deals work is, you know, comics get a certain amount of money based on ticket sales. Uh, So uh, once you reach a certain level, so the way the club is making money, much like a movie theater. At the movie theater, if you go to the movie theater and you see a movie, the ticket price goes towards paying the whoever sends the movie to the theater whatever those are the movie companies all that money goes to them the only way the movie theater itself makes money is off concessions so that's why popcorn's expensive that's why drinks are expensive because that's how they make their money the same for the comedy club the comedy clubs making their money off food and drinks uh i'll say the cheapest option for you if you were going to get dinner before would be to get dinner at the club but I will say this and this is not I'm not speaking about the Dayton Funny Bone. I'm just speaking about comedy clubs in general. The food is not usually the best. So depending on what kind of dinner you're trying to get yourself, you might go out and get dinner and then go to the club and buy yourself a couple of drinks. If you don't drink, you know, go get yourself a a, a coke, a piece and and a, a a basket of fries a piece, you know. Uh, but that is, you know, save dessert for the club, save dessert for the club. And I'm not saying the food tastes bad. I'm just saying what you're trying to get. I'm trying to eat healthy. And most clubs, it's a lot of fried foods, Um, you know, so some of them are very good, but some of them are, it's a lot of fried foods, Um, you know, so you never know what you're going to get, but that is what the two item minimum is all about. I can't believe you didn't know the answer to that. Eh?
1: Well, because the way you you read it, and I don't know if that's what the club has written or if it's just the way you read it, but it said bar stuff is not included in two items. Oh, oh okay. So that confused. Okay,
0: well, that's that's where it is. It's like when if you if you're waiting for the show, and you're out in the bar area and you order drinks out there that doesn't count towards oh. your 2 item minimum. Okay. Once you sit down any bar drinks do count. Right. But that anything you order out in the bar, that just is going towards that bartender. Okay.
1: I think that's probably what confused them too.
0: Yeah. And this is how you this is how they keep the wait staff employed. Because if everybody just comes to the show and buys a ticket and doesn't buy any food and any drinks, then uh, the servers don't make any money. So this is how everybody makes money. It's like there was a club in Indianapolis that tried to open for a while. I did their club called Gutty's. Uh, I liked their club a lot and they were Christian people and they wanted to do a comedy club that was only clean, clean comedy, and they didn't want to serve alcohol. And, and I appreciate all their convictions, but it's like that's how clubs are made. And they also didn't serve food. They would, you could order food, but they were getting the food from another place. And I think they've gone out of business, even though they were very nice guys and they had a good, good model in mind, um, you know, the way you make money is off food and drinks. That's, that's how clubs are making money. So you got to have those things. And then you have the two at a minimum, because if people don't buy, then nobody makes money and it can't stay open. You know, it's like, I love to complain about stuff as much as anybody else, but it's like some of these things are put in place this way so that people can make money and keep the business open. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when I go to a, uh, I don't like to eat breakfast out because I can eat an egg sandwich for $10 and I know what eggs cost and I know what bread costs. And I go, I can make this at home for a 50 cents, maybe not now, maybe a dollar, um, but
1: and we know that no one's making a better sandwich than you,
0: right? But I also understand why the restaurant charges that for it. Not that restaurant in Canada that was trying to give us a one egg sandwich for ten dollars,
1: eleven dollars, yeah,
0: eleven dollars for one egg. Go ahead and give me two if you're gonna do me like that. Uh, but you got up and left, yeah. Well, yeah, but um. We left because I said I wasn't going to order. Well,
1: I'm not going to eat by myself with my new boyfriend, American, just making it awkward in my favorite hometown restaurant. I said, Oh, well, let's just go ahead and leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got American in here quick.
0: So, um, yeah. So, um, that, but, um, but. So but I, there's
1: just different models of. Businesses And, you know, you got to kind of something you got to you, you got to know the rules before you break them.
0: Yes. Yes, you do. Oh, here's some. Here's something. Um, congrats to your growing family. You and your lovely and funny wife and your two kids are in my prayers. I read that wrong. Hi, Dusty. Congrats to you and your growing family. You, your lovely and funny wife, and your two kids are in my prayers. A girl I know brought up Harry Potter and said something that reminded me of a conversation you had on episode 125 of NateLand. An email was written about witches to which Aaron said uh, he read so much Harry Potter that witch didn't have a negative connotation anymore. You said it warped his view, so he replied with the exact same thing this girl I know said to me about how it taught her, him, her, about uh, friendship and the battle of good versus evil. I think that proves the point that we have been so desensitized to witchcraft that when people like you or me try to point it out, people will laugh it off or say we are too serious. And that's exactly the point. Strictly speaking, on American Christians, we don't take anything seriously about our faith, whether about witchcraft, showing respect and reverence to God, and every other list of sins I won't mention. I used to like Harry Potter, but I have given up because you convinced me otherwise. I have given that up because you convinced me otherwise. Recently, a Harry Potter video came out and my friends wanted me to play wanted me to buy it and play with them but i stood my ground and said no standing up for our faith will make us do uncomfortable things but we must what do you think um i think that's great i think it is bad i mean the, i should have looked up the verse but the bible tells us to stay away from all forms of witchcraft there are no good witches. And people get offended by that because people want to call themselves witches these days. And then they go, I'm good. And I'm not saying you're not a good person. I don't know what your life is like, but the Bible tells us to stay away from it. And so I don't believe, it's like I you. I really liked Lord of the Rings back in the day. I used to watch it all the time. But Gandalf is a witch or a wizard. And it's like, that's the same sort of thing. And it's like, uh, you know he's not good. He's good in the movie, and I know that uh, Tolkien apparently was a Christian, and this whole thing is about Christianity, and they kind of each character plays some kind of Christian-like character or allegory or whatever. Uh, but I don't, I don't get into it. Magic and witchcraft and all that sort of stuff, I'm not into it, and I think it's, I mean, it's definitely okay to not be into it. And I think when we give in, we're just giving into the world and we're just going, oh, I don't want to make this weird. And, you know, you better believe that Jewish people and Muslim people, I mean, they're taking it seriously, at least the religions, religious ones, not the culturally ones, but they're taking it seriously. They're not playing around with it. And I think that should be the case for Christians, too. It's like, are you taking it seriously or you are a, a, a cultural Christian? you just like, oh, no, I grew up in the church. I go to church. That's what I do. So it's like, you know, take it seriously or don't. But it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's like Jesus says, you know, you're with me or you're against me. I don't think Jesus would be going, you know what? let's watch the Harry Potter movie. You know what I mean? Let's just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, it's just a movie, guys, okay? I'm only here for a little while. Why not enjoy ourselves, you know? So um, It's
1: it's hard to, to be in the modern world and not just sort of think, well, this seems innocent. Like, because you're just living your life and you're busy and you want to veg out and you want to watch this or you enjoy this. And, then you, and you you don't and you think this doesn't seem evil? I'm not calling on any you know spirits, but you know C.S. Lewis, what was that book that he wrote, um, where the the demon was writing letters to the Satan or whatever. Anyways, read that up, because um, all oh, the screw tape yeah, letters, the screw tape letters, because I mean this was written in the 40s, I want to say 30s and 40s, and then and you know he really just talks about how complacent and easy it is to just sort of think everything is simple and nothing and harmless well and, the, and, and, and and it's true every generation no matter what your distractions are
0: and there's been a real effort to make it seem like christians are ridiculous or taking things too seriously If they stand up for their convictions, it's been, you know, I wrote this long thing. I didn't bring it up to read. I do want to read it another time, but I just wrote a thing about, I just always want to do some sort of Bible talk, but I just feel like the only thing, I mean, Hannah's always telling me, she's like, there's so many things to talk about, but all you want to talk about is the law and the stuff like that. And it's like, this thing that I wrote is also pertaining to that. And I agree. There are more things to talk about, but for some reason, that's just on my mind all the time, because I just think... You know, it just occurred to me, I saw this, I saw this thing and it made me think of this, that people, whenever I talk about this, people will say, oh, you're going to scare people away from the church. You're going to scare people away from coming to Christianity because you're talking to them about law and and following laws rather than about the good news and about the grace, right? And it's like, I can't speak for, for time past this, but I know for fact, the last 10 years, it last 11 years. Every church I've walked into has been all about grace, all about the good news. They've not been talking about hell. They've not been talking about the devil. They've not been talking about repenting. And church attendance is down. It's its lowest levels in America that it's ever been. So when people tell me, if you teach about the laws, you're going to lose attendance. Uh, I disagree. I think the current method is not working because we're not teaching people actually about the Bible. So when they go to college, the moment they're out of their parents' house, they leave the church and they may come back when they're older. Once they get married and once they start having kids, they may go, you know what? I want my kid to grow up in the church. But I think less and less of that is happening. People are not coming back. I don't attend church, but I don't attend church because, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the same old thing every time, and people think I'm a maniac if I start talking about the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is just filled with its its guidance. it's It's a way uh, to guide us and tell us uh, how we're um, how you know, how to live. And how to live the right way and how to feel good about ourselves and and how to take care of uh you know each other. It is all about taking care of each other and holding each other up. Uh, and I think the old testament is, is a lot
1: of cautionary tales too.
0: Yeah. Uh for sure. But it's like, you know, it, it, it is guidance. The Torah, the first five books is guidance. And and you know, and David, you know, praises uh the law in in the psalms so it's great and uh and it says uh uh this is another thing i may be even ruining the whole thing i wrote by even talking about this but uh it says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and we don't teach fear of the lord at all in church now we teach uh grace we teach that we are forgiven and we are forgiven and it is great and grace does exist but i just think we should be talking about some harder subjects out here uh because um we're losing people we're not winning the culture war we're not winning um people to the church so just think about that but we're having a good time out here anything you want to add hannah uh i'm pretty
1: excited about becoming a citizen
0: all right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm excited about it too. Yeah. Oh, I'll say this. I'll end with this. I don't I cuz I don't want to be negative. This is this just doesn't feel negative at all to me. Feels very positive and very feels great. Um, but uh yesterday, we were hanging out at our neighbor's house. I got to talking to this guy. He said he's from Canada. And I was like, oh, yeah, my wife's from Canada. He goes, oh, okay, what part? I go, she's from a town called Peterborough, Ontario. And he was like, no way. He's like, I'm from Peterborough, Ontario. (laughs) My wife is from Peterborough, Ontario. And then Hannah showed up a little while later, and I didn't, I'd not had a chance to tell her yet. And he goes, I hear you're from Peterborough, Ontario. She goes, yeah. He goes, me too. And it turns out he's about 10 years younger than Hannah. But he went to the same high school as Hannah. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. It
1: was a special connection and a joy to my heart. Yeah. Because they had the whole Peterborough twang and all. Yeah. And and he was asking me all these different people if I knew him. And I said, I don't, but I bet my dad does somehow. Well, I bet your, our parents somehow know each other.
0: And your dad and brother are coming soon. I, I yeah. messaged Jason about it. I said, I'd like for that guy to meet Hannah's dad.
1: Well, my brother got out of China. And that's right. a that's a... That's a miracle.
0: Well, he's going back. He didn't get out. Well, he got
1: out for now.
0: He managed to fly out of there. Yeah. Yeah. He's
1: back in Canada. Yeah. So he got out. All right. Yeah. Beijing let him go.
0: So... Well, well, we thank you guys for listening. I'm pumped that we were able to do this, uh, and hopefully, we'll be back on a weekly basis. Now, I can't guarantee it, yeah. but I hope that we are. Yeah,
1: there's a fifty-fifty chance you might not hear from us for another two to three weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll pop in, but we will we'll have tell the... you
1: about the different sandwiches we've been making.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we should have a door at the end of the week, so that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. We're having a good time.